We as a church are going to celebrate today something that God did for us nearly 2,000 years ago. We're told in the Bible that every time we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we're to remember Christ's death on the cross and what that did for us. But did God's working for us end there? Is he still active in trying to help us and guide us today? There are many who think otherwise and refuse to open their eyes as to what God is trying to do today to help his people. I'm just going to tell two stories today that illustrate how God is continually and actively working in these last days to guide his people on the narrow way. Both of these took place within the last 100 years, so they aren't ancient history. Number one, I'm going to read a story from a little book called The Spirit of Prophecy Treasure Chest, and it's a story about Ellen White and how God was using her to help us in the problems sometimes that we had as a church in the early days. I'm going to tell a little bit in my own words, and then I'm going to read as we actually get into what happened. Um, It was actually just a little more than 100 years for this story. It was in 1890, and uh, Ellen White had been giving some meetings and was done with them and was very, very tired and discouraged because the work was not going very well. And uh, she went back to her room at night, and she knelt down and prayed that God would continue to um, lead her and lead the church in making the right decisions for the things that were supposed to happen within the church. And while she was uh, praying there, God came and gave her a dream or vision of an important committee meeting of denominational publishing leaders who had met at Battle Creek to settle some important church business. So the next morning she woke up and tried to tell her son about this, and she could only just start saying, I had a message last night given to me, and it just disappeared from her mind. She couldn't remember anything about it. And so for four months she traveled and preached, and every time she tried to tell about this dream or vision that she had had, it just disappeared. She'd start, and it would just disappear. She even, in church one day, three times tried to incorporate that into her sermon, and each time she got to a certain point, all recollection would disappear entirely. And so she said, well, this will have to wait for some time in the future. And uh, at the general conference, which was four months later, She had been giving meetings at 5.30 in the morning, and uh, it got near the end of general conference, and they asked her if she was going to come the next morning to lead out in that final meeting at 5.30 in the morning. And she said, no, I've said what I'm going to say. I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to sleep, and I won't be here early in the morning. Middle of the morning, or uh, middle of the night, I should say, um, She was woken up, and she heard a voice telling her that she needed to relate that dream at that meeting at 5.30 in the morning. 
So she got up, she got dressed, and her son, uh, obviously knowing that she wasn't going to go to that meeting, was very surprised when he saw a light upstairs and, and she came down and said, uh, yes, I'm going to go to that meeting because I need to tell about that message that I was given. And of course, as she walks into the church there at the tabernacle in uh, Battle Creek, everybody was surprised that she was there. And they said, uh, whoa, we're happy to see you this morning. Do you have a message for us? And she said, yes, I do. And so she got up in front. And I'm uh, going to read just a little bit here of, of what she said. She told them that at 3 o'clock in the morning, she had been aroused from her sleep and instructed to go to the workers' meeting. In the vision, I seemed to be in Battle Creek. I was taken to the Review and Herald office, and the messenger bade me uh, follow me. I was taken into a room where a group of men were earnestly discussing a matter. There was zeal manifested, but not according to knowledge. She told of how they were discussing the editorial policy of the American Sentinel, which was the Religious Liberty magazine back in that day. And she said, I saw one of the men take a copy of the Sentinel, hold it high uh, high over his head and say, unless these articles on the Sabbath and the second advent come out of this paper, we can no longer use it as the organ of the Religious Liberty Association. She spoke for an hour describing the meeting, which had been shown to her in vision months before, and giving counsel based upon that revelation, then she sat down. The president of the general conference got up and didn't know what to say. <laughs> he had never heard of any such meeting, and so uh, he was kind of at a loss for words. And then a man, what do you think he said? And as you go on with the story, tells about the animosity that was going on in that meeting, about how they didn't had made a um, decision at the end of that meeting that if they didn't, that was a decision of this committee, and it was kind of a secret committee. And people stood up and said, "This is I was at that meeting last night. This is what we saw a meeting the night before stood to his feet." Before that meeting closed, I guess when I have to come to the conclusion that God is still with us, he is still guiding, even though sometimes we think that what happened a long time ago on Calvary was, you know, he did that for us and we don't need anything else. But we still need his guidance. Um, reminds me of a verse. Uh, if you want to look in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the second story is kind of similar to this that I'm going to tell you, but 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. So pursue a life of love and be eager for spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Look at the practical side of things. If you speak in church in a language no one understands, you're talking to no one but yourself and God. If you're the only one who benefits from it, what good is it? But the person who has the gift of prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts the people. 
If a person perverts his gift of tongues by speaking in a language the people don't understand, he is a blessing to no one. The one who has the gift of prophecy can be a blessing to the entire church. All you seem to want, all of you seem to want the gift of language as a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I would rather that you long for the gift of prophecy, which is better than the gift of tongues because it helps the church to survive and to grow. The second story is from a little book that maybe some of you have seen. It's called The Unbelievable. I think it was a um, book of the month or something. Anyway, uh, at the very end, there's a neat story. Some of you may have read this. uh, Some of you may have heard it. But if you listen to some of the things in the story, you will find that the same thing happened in this story as what happened to Ellen White when she was either having, uh, God was even uh, was speaking to her in a dream or a vision, the same exact things happened to her. Now, this story takes place in Guyana. How many know where Guyana is? The top part of South America? Remember Georgetown and Jim Jones and all that that happened a long time ago? This was back in 1910. And... Um, it starts out the story just by telling that they had heard of an indigenous group of Indians who supposedly had, um, had an angel come to them and tell them how to live, and they had changed their life. But as they went to different areas, they couldn't ever find where this tribe was. They had heard some reports of it, but that was it. And then um, the person who's writing this story says this, One morning, Mimi came to me with a question, her usual introduction for breaking some interesting or exciting news. Want to know something? Indeed I do, I answered. Francisco told me something this night, he teased, she teased. Told you what? One moon travel, humbuggy trail, plenty, plenty water, very bad, plenty punish, find happy people. Father of Chief Promi, he see big light. She went on excitedly. How long ago did Father see that big light? Me no no, plenty moons back. What did Francisco say the light was like, I questioned. Like angel, Papa Court, uh, Cot, show in church on the big sheet. This conversation led to preparation uh, for a two-month journey, which would be the most difficult that we had ever undertaken. And then it goes on to tell a little bit about their journey Uh, trying to find what this lady was telling her about, and I'll skip all that part. But I want to get to uh, the part when they actually come to this tribe. And it's kind of funny the way they talk. It's almost like pidgin English, and I like that part of it, but um, we'll go on. Finally, after what seemed like um, a long time, we reached the village. Would our findings substantiate what we had heard? After the usual native greetings of handshakes, hugs, and friendly blowing in our ears, (laughs) they asked, may we see your Bibles? We were astonished at the question. This was the first time any of the local people, upon greeting us, had manifested interest in the book that means so much to us. When we showed them the three Bibles we had brought, their eyes sparkled with delight. You are our missionaries, 
they said. Well, how did you know we were missionaries? Alfred asked. Okwa say you have black book from a country called England, so we would know when right people came. We opened the Bibles, and sure enough, all three had been printed in England. Could it or could it be that the Lord had been preparing these people for our arrival while we were yet children? It had been many years since Okwa had had his dream. We figured it must have been around 1902, and they were here now in um, 1927. This is 25 years before. Um, Chief Promi, the son of Okwa, had taught his people well. This was the cleanest village we had ever seen. The people were clothed more fully than any others we had encountered, and their customs were more sanitary. They even smelled clean. One thing that greatly astonished us was their knowledge of the English language. Now, here they are, natives in the top of Guyana, and they knew English really, really well. Now, where had they learned that? When we questioned them as to where they obtained this information, they replied, Okwa teach us. Then what comes after that? Angel teach Okwa. They were quite familiar with such English Bible terms as Holy Bible, Hallelujah, New Jerusalem, Holy Spirit, Body is the Temple, Jesus, Holy Father, Great Light, Satan, Sorrow, and Trial. We had a common ground of communication. Chief Promi with the rest of the uh, village trailing behind him escorted us to a clean, whitewashed hut. We build for you, he proudly told us, take many moons. It almost seemed like a mansion, and we were grateful to settle down for a few weeks in such a nice place. But we had hardly opened our suitcases to get into clean clothes when some girls of the village clapped their hands before our door. Sister, brother, none of the people ever called us that before. When we opened the door, they graciously presented us with some bananas, sweet potatoes, and cassava. We were astonished to see that the roots had been scrubbed clean, something the other people from the area never did. Quite a number of tribes have a fear of water, even some believing that there is poison in it. Why did you clean the vegetables, I said. Madeline, Chief Promi's niece, flashed me a big smile. Okwa tell us. Angel tell Okwa. Uh, We wash food, clean, clean, she added for emphasis. We had just finished eating when Chief Promi came to the door, informing us that the people were uh, gathering for a meeting. Hastily, we took the projector, a sheet for a screen. Remember, this was in 1925. There's no screens. They just have these funny little projectors, you know, that they show these still pictures on. Um, We took the projector, a screen, a sheet for a screen, a trumpet, a saxophone, and made our way to the whitewashed church. As we entered, I was astonished to see that everything was so clean and noticed that there was a lovely bouquet of orchids on the rostrum. This was the first time I had ever seen flowers in a jungle church. There were so many wildflowers that the people never even bothered to make bouquets of them. We hung the extra-large projection sheet across the front of the church on some bush rope, At the beginning of the meeting, the people sang a song in English I had never heard before. 
And then it goes on just to tell the words of that song, which I will skip. Alfred asked Promy to offer prayer. As the people knelt, I couldn't help noticing the children. With the older ones, they bowed their heads with reverence, their hands tightly covering their eyes. Uh, as After Promy started to pray, the congregation joined in, repeating after him the words that he petitioned. After Alfred had made his usual, usual introductory remarks, I flashed the first picture on the screen. Immediately, Madeline jumped to her feet, uh, face flushed and eyes aglow, exclaiming with elation, that's what grandfather saw. Um, And it was a picture of Jesus and his angels. The next picture was of the table set before the saints in the New Jerusalem. Ah, Promi exclaimed, that table Okwa saw, plenty, plenty long. Later in the evening, we showed a picture of the creation of the animals, Madeline's young husband, who was a great hunter, remarked, Grandfather told us that when we get to heaven, we see tiger and lamb sleeping together. That's what I want to see. The last slide of the evening was of Christ coming in the clouds of glory. When the people saw this, they, they cried out excitedly, Okwa tell us this. Angel tell Okwa. In order to get the story straight before showing any more slides, Alfred sought out Promi the next morning, notebook in hand. Please tell me, as nearly as you can, what your father saw. Uh, Chief Promi said, you come to church. I tell you there. Nobody humbuggy us. When they were seated near the rostrum, Promi began his story. One day, my father have meeting. He suddenly talk no more. His eyes like glass. He looked to heaven, but he no breathe. I think he dead. How long did he stand this way, Alfred asked. Until, until sun high overhead. Everybody afraid. No see this before. Some people cry. Some people try to put him on floor. No one could move him. He stayed just like rock. Promi talked in a subdued uh, tones as he described the scene. He continued, when he take deep breath and blink eyes, I ask him, Papa, you sick? He tell me and all people, he no sick, he just see wonderful things. Then he described heaven to us as we saw in pictures last night. He tell about beautiful place, long table and all. Papa say heaven, very bright place. He no want to come back to earth. I'm sure this is how we would all feel if we were there. This earth, bad place. He want to stay in heaven. Here we work with knives and machetes to live, but not in heaven. That's amazing, Alfred said. Did the angel come more than once? 
Angel come plenty, plenty times. Did Oko always stand like rock when angel come? Alfred wanted to know. No, sometime angel come when he in bed. When did the angel first come? Alfred continued his prying. Plenty, plenty moons ago. Me little boy, but we remember. Papa, when he first chief, he pray and talk to great spirit. Many, many days and nights he pray. He tell great spirit he like to make his people good. Then angel come and talk to him. What did the angel tell him first? Angel said people must wash and be clean. He says to Papa, he have three wives, must only have one. Oko tell two wives to go. <laughs> wives mad, try to poison Oko. <laughs> he tell all people must be clean, have only one wife. Angel tell Papa one night we keep seven days holy. Angel say Sabbath begins sundown Friday. Time holy until sun go down again. No work then. Eat little food on Sabbath. Make food, or much food, make one too sleepy. How did you know which day was the Sabbath? Angel say to Papa which day. How did you keep track of the days of the week from then on? Promi flashed a big smile. We make string from cotton, Mama grew. We tie knots, big knot for Sabbath. Where did you worship before you built the church? Papa's hut. He make all clean and nice. Papa tell Buckman what angels say to him. Did Buckman do what the angel said to do? Yes, Buckman like Okwa. He good and kind. They do like he say. Did you build this nice church? No, Okwa did. Buckman help, me help. When church finish, Okwa say we need somebody to keep church clean. Must put pretty flowers in church. Never before had anybody in the jungle told us that there would be a janitor to keep the church clean. The whole revelation left Alfred and me breathless, but there was still more. Next day, I asked two of the women to round up the mothers of the village for a meeting. They were soon assembled in the church, eager to hear what I might say. I showed them some posters about clean and unclean meats, especially emphasizing that blood should not be an article of food. I had seen many natives on the trail kill an animal and drain the blood and drink it. Noticing grins spread over the faces of all the women. I wondered what I had said wrong. But at this juncture, Madeline could contain herself no longer. She jumped to her feet, a broad smile on her face. But sister, we no eat blood, she said excitedly. No unclean meat, no pig, no rabbit, no rats, no fish without scales. She sat down. I must have looked astonished, for she added, Okwa tell us. Angel tell Okwa. Then I tried a different approach. I told them that they shouldn't make kasseri. Can you guess what that might be? Beer. <laughs> Again, grins spread over their faces. All right, I laughed. You don't make kasseri? Okwa say, make drunk, dirty. People no use, several responded. When I demonstrated to them how to give water treatments, Margie, Promi's wife, informed me that they had treated their sick like that for many, many moons. 
When I went back to our cottage, I said to Alfred, what can I teach these people? Everything I've tried to tell them, they're already doing. Um, And her husband answered, yes, I hear them praying and singing at 4 o'clock in the morning. Promi told me about the details uh, of the judgment and of the seven last plagues, just what we believe. He said the earth will be destroyed by fire and hail. He called it peroto, which means shot, you know, like hail, like shot coming down. This, he said, would be thrown down from heaven on the wicked. Remember, this is an indigenous tribe way out in the jungle that had never seen a Bible before. One day, Madeline told us that Okwa informed them that he would die. The angel had instructed him that he would not live to see the missionaries. He admonished them to be faithful, but said that some would backslide. We found this to be true. Some had not remained faithful. It was clear that Okwa did not flatter his people, but patiently exhorted and warned them. On discovering that the word Okwa meant great light, Alfred asked Promi who had named him. The angel, tell my father, his name be. His name be Okwa. These people had a song of the setting sun. They would sing this song as they watched the sun sinking to close the day, and they would think of the new Jerusalem. So it went all the days of our uh, stay with these remarkable people. One truth after another they brought up that Okwa had taught them. Then she just goes on to finish the story, which for time we will not do. God is still with us. He's still guiding us. He's still doing things that sometimes we think are supernatural, and they are. Just because we're celebrating something today in the communion service that happened 2,000 years ago, God is still just as close to us today as he was there on the cross. Sam's going to come up now and tell us where we are going to go for our foot washing service. Thanks, Paul. If we were just that zealous, right? Okay. How many handicapped or people that takes a while to get down by the elevator are here this morning? One, two? Oh, I don't see. We have it set up in back here for your foot washing for those that can't go downstairs. Uh, women will be in the pastor's office and behind here 
the men, but I don't see any men, right? Everybody able to go downstairs, men? I don't see any. Can you raise your hand so I get an idea? Anybody? No. Okay, women, you might as well use this one back here. It's closer for you. Okay, and we have foot washing going out that way and downstairs and into the cafeteria area for the men and go down the back here for the women. And at this time, we can depart for that. And then when you come back, come back and start the second row and then every other row back so that they can serve you. Yes? That'll be in the teen room. I'm sorry. Yes, in the teen room. Okay, couples? Shall we depart at this time? The, the Last Supper, uh, the Lord, as they were partaking of that meal prior to that, he had asked them to, or I guess it was whoever was supposed to serve him didn't, and they were more interested who was going to be the first in the kingdom than they were washing feet. So he took the bowl of water and the towel and went and washed the feet just as we have done. And then they took their meal. And it says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And at this time, they will have prayer for the dead. Dear Heavenly Father, it is so comforting to hear stories like the ones that Paul was reading to remind us that not, not only are you in control, but they remind us of how much you care, how much you love us, how much you look out for us. Lord, we are so thankful for your willingness to come here to be our sacrifice, to pay for our sins on the cross. We ask now, Lord, for your blessing on this bread. And help us, as we take it in, to always be reminded of this sacrifice, that we too would be willing to sacrifice for others in order to spread the good news of your love and of your soon coming. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen.
Okay, thanks. He took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. Tony will have the blessing for the... Lord Jesus, as we are about to partake of this wine, let us remember to look back on what it represents, how you willingly sacrificed your blood to cleanse us. And let us just think of that, Lord, that, that we know that, that, that you were willing to make this sacrifice, to give of your own blood to cleanse us. And, and let, this, let this wine be a special to us today that, that we may recall and think back in remembrance of the great thing that you willingly did for us. And we thank you, Lord, for, for that, and we, we'd like to offer our thanks to you, and we pray today in the name of Jesus. Amen.
gave thanks, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. And he said, Drink ye all of it. And then he says, Then when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Our Heavenly Father, as we depart from here today, may we remember the Sabbath hours to keep them holy until we return again to worship you in this house of worship. And Father, as we took of these emblems today, may they have meant much to us in our salvation. And Father, go with us, protect us, watch over us, and one day we can sit down and have the supper with you that you have given to us already. For we ask it in your precious name. Amen.